Welcome to T11. I'm Terry James. Hope you're doing good. Had somewhat of a rough day today. I went to a restaurant and ordered a side of fries and the server never brought it. I have been wronged before. Not like this. Not like this. Still learning all the tech issues here. Uh, I got a guest today, so this was a challenge as well. Please uh, watch it on YouTube if you'd like to see it. If you'd like to see two guys trying to figure out life <laughs> and try to, above all, try to figure out how technological stuff works. Oh my God, it's embarrassing. It is all that could go through my mind is Boomer. That's all that could go through my mind when this is going on. But one of my favorite people in the entire world is on today. He's a comedian. His name's Michael Pace. You may have seen Mike on Curb Your Enthusiasm. He's a headliner all over the place, touring all over the place. A lot of TV commercials. You know him if you saw him. Very, very, very funny guy. I want to talk to him about reinventing ourselves, you know, because we're kind of finding ourselves in a similar situation here, similar age. I want to talk to him about something that's on my mind, and that's how do you reinvent yourself? What do you do? What's going on? What are, is, is it even a, a thing? Should we even be concerned with it at this stage of our lives? Now, that's what I want to talk to him about, but who knows exactly where this is going to lead? I'll give you Michael Pace. Hey guys, how you doing, wombats? <laughs> I gotta tell Mike what the whole wombat thing is about. Uh, that being said, welcome to T11. I hope that your week is going strong. This is kind of turning into a. A lot of people call it vlogging, but I don't. I, this is more of a vlog cast because it's kind of a vlog video blog about a life and a podcast. And I, one of the guys that I really love, I get to have on the show today that's a uh, comedian mike pace how the hell are you mr pace i'm doing great i just got over pneumonia but i'm i'm doing fine now and that won't affect you because you're thousands of miles away so. yes okay it won't will it all right so i'm gonna I go won't, i won't breathe on you <laughs> so i gotta tell you mike um i sometimes uh, it's good to have a friend going through a similar situation you know what i mean and oh, yeah, misery loves company. It really is. And, and I have to be honest, I do feel a little miserable right now. Um, there, I've always talked about ages of awkward. Like when you're 15 years old and you're a boy, I mean, it's an awkward age. You know, you don't know what's going on. Your voice is changing. You're getting hard no matter, you know, the wind is stiff, whatever. And then I always find, I found that like in the 40s, is also a real awkward age because you're kind of going, well, I, my career hasn't really met, met, met my standards or whatever. But now at this age, I find this to be almost like 15 years old again. Well, I, I, mean, I, I, mean, I, I wish I, we were building a fort in the woods. <laughs> That'd be great. Well, so I'm we could go in there. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, go play with play with Playboys and stuff. Is that and, what you're saying? And drinking a 40 and getting hammered. Yeah, it was, it was a good time. I, I would love to go back to that. The reason why I wanted to talk to you today, well, there's a lot of reasons I love talking to you, but 
I think that you and I are kind of in similar situations. We have established careers. You're a, a headlining comedian and have been for years. You've been on a lot of TV shows, Curb Your Enthusiasm and you know, all kinds of other things, you know, TV commercials. And you're, you're an established stand-up comedian. Any comedians that I talk to that are rolling through town, you know, you end up talking about buddies you have in comedy. I say, you know, Mike Pace, oh, I love that guy. You know, people love you and, and all that. And so both of us have these established careers going on. But there's also a feel of change in the air. And what do you think that, what do you attribute that to? Um, well, here's where I'm at. I was thinking about this the other day and I'm like, I'm not sure, so sure I should mess with where I'm at because I'm just kind of getting used to who I am. Like, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like, I kind of, I'm kind of getting comfortable with the, uh, my fucked upness, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm sober. I'm, uh, I, I think a lot about his stuff. I, I visualize doing a lot of things. And then when it comes right down to it, uh, I sometimes, it's, uh, that's who I am. I, 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 okay. So there's part of me that wants to be completely involved in everything and there's part of me that wants to go excuse me uh be a hermit in the woods so i I, that's a conflict with me is there another part of you creatively and also the uh you know being the age we are and you kind of start thinking about retirement maybe 10 years down the road or even sooner for some people for me i uh i want to go at least another 10 or something you know before i give it up but i don't think i'll ever give it up i mean creatively do you think that you're fine just right right where you are or is there something else you really want to do and uh your job so to speak is kind of holding you back well i mean the time it takes to travel and do the job is is I mean, I, I could obviously be more productive, but you're just exhausted all the time when you're traveling. So, um, but I'd like to write a book. I'd like to make a little movie. I'd like to, you know, start auditioning again. I'd like to do all those things, but I can't be everywhere at once. And that kind of lends itself to the, you know, fuck it. I'm, uh, this is where I am. This is what I do, blah, blah, blah. And I don't like that feeling at all. I, I, I wrote something the other last night and I'll just kind of read it to you real quick. It says, I've never been afraid to critique myself. It is maddening. My dad once told me after I got in trouble once that punishing me or grounding me would not be near as bad as the number I was going to be doing on myself. <laughs> the brutal, the brutal inner, inner dialogue that makes me so fucking nuts. I see what it did to my mom, and it's not a good place to be. And I'm starting to understand myself, and I'm almost dead. I think any major changes from accepting what a fuck up I am might be too much for my system. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, when do you become content? And the, and the other thing too is I think we live in a society now where nobody's laying on the grass and looking at the clouds anymore. And yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a real important thing, especially it helps me to get focused on things. Uh, you were talking about being, can you be content, but also driven at the same time? 
you know, wanting to achieve some goals or some things that you see out there that look like they're fun. And if something great happens out of it, great. But can you be content? What is being content to you? Because it might be different to me. Well, like the other day I was in Maui and I'm watching all these guys surf these big waves. And part of me wants to surf those big waves. But the other part of me knows that I can die on those big waves. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know. That's a little different than career. I mean, I don't think you'd, I don't think you're going to be hooking up with Laird Hamilton anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, but I'd still like to, I'd still like to get out. It's kind of the same thing though. I'd like to get out there, but you know, I mean, um, I'm uh, who wants to, I don't know. It's so youth oriented. Like I, I, I want to be able to do all this technology and I want to be able to push the envelope and I want to be able to do all that stuff. Um, but I'm not good at that part. Like they came up with this computer thing just to fuck us up. See, I, (laughs) see, I, I think you're very good at, at pushing the envelope. Uh, That's one of the things I love most about you. You have zero fear when it comes to your opinions, Uh, but you're not one of those opinionated guys. You're not one of those guys that has to be heard, but when you talk, it's usually pretty damn important sometimes. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I just, I'm not one of those guys that at Christmas dinner goes, could you pass the salt? Boy, that Biden's a piece of shit. You know, <laughs> tr- tr- Trump's a fucking dictator or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. If I'm confronted by it, I will I will address it. Like, if I see something wrong, there's just a part of me that has to jump in, in on it and make it right. And I, you know, I, 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 I remember once my brother and I, we were in Chicago and this is back when the big video cameras were like this big and you put a tape in it and this uh, kid runs by and steals it from this guy and starts running. And, you know, part of me is like, I'm getting ready to run after the guy. My, my, my little brother goes, is that your camera? And I go, no. <laughs> and he goes, well, what the fuck do you care? And I'm like, wow, that's a whole different, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I mean, it's a total, total different mindset, but your initial reaction is to run toward the fire. Right. It, it, it's, but it's like, you know, at the same time, uh, when I see these kids coming in and looting these places, there's a part of me that gets pissed off. But then there's another part of me that goes, you know, Nike's a piece of shit company. They've been fucking using child labor for, you know, uh, 100 years. What the fuck do I care? So that, I mean, there is... See- I think that's healthy. I think that's yeah. extremely healthy because more people need to be able to look at things from both sides. Right. That's what we're missing right now. But, I, you know, I, I too, am one of those guys. I mean, on the Lexitary show, people are always, we joke about it, that we call myself the Samaritan because right. I will, I walk around town and I'll, if I see an old lady walking around and she's walking to her car and I mean, and if I'm walking with my wife, She'll say, what are you doing? I said, I'm just keeping an eye on her. I'm making sure nobody messes with her while she gets to her car. Like I'm going to run in and be Mr. Captain Sabaho or something like that. But I, I just have that sensibility about me. And, and like you, I see people looting, but I, I haven't got to that. Well, screw those big companies. I, I just want to take a gun to all of them. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, they need those. They need the money more than I do. I don't, you know, the system... You know, there's that part of all of us that were raised correctly, uh, middle class, which is gone. And we were taught to 
buy things and live within our means and all that. But then you look around at the way the world is now and you're like, am I the only schmuck living by the rules? Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of these kids see that that way too. They're like, why, you know, I'm, I'm stealing a bunch of tennis shoes as it's peanuts compared to the billions that people aren't paying taxes or the loopholes that they're going through. And, the, some of the crimes are getting away with because they are so rich and can buy their way out of it. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm conflicted all the way around too. I, I, I understand, I understand right and wrong, but I, I, you know, how many, how many people of those people uh, are in the situation that they're in because Nike took their job away or, you know, Nike, Amazon. Yeah. Or whoever sent their jobs overseas or, you know, I mean, I uh, I have trouble caring about the big guy, and I have trouble with the uh, violence of what they're doing by stealing. So, man, I wish I could be more like you because I am I'm a guy that uh, I have not got a gun, only because I know I would use it. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that I'd oh yeah, <laughs> you know, one of those things. <laughs> you, I think it's very liberating to be able to go. Um, and I learned this just recently. I'm, I've always been a rageaholic and a kind of an asshole, but I'm just driving differently now. I'm kind of yeah. like, uh, I'm kind of driving slow to piss people off. Uh, you know, I'm kind of driving like uh, the guy that I was behind when I was raging. And uh, I, I let people pass and I don't, uh, you know, I'm not in that big a hurry. And uh yeah, I I, I have the same thing. Yeah. yeah, my wife is uh, one of these people that yells at, and you know, Sherry, uh, yells at cars that are changing lanes 50 people ahead of her. Like, what's that guy doing getting over there? And I'm like, Sherry, he's not affecting you like your brother does did to you. But, you know, but that's not a major injustice like looting or something to me. I mean, that's just uh, some guy being an asshole and not letting him get to you. I, uh, I was well, I mean, the... but the consequences of it is... When a guy's driving like that, he could really hurt people, you know. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I see. I mean, in Southern California, I was just in. Well, I was just in San Francisco, and those people should not drive at all. They should all walk because they don't know how to drive. Yeah. They they, they drive like they're spaced out on. Something. Which they probably are. Yeah. I mean, it's just like you're like, dude, you got. Well, Seattle's the same way. I think it's kind of these high. These these very intelligent people that aren't good at menial tasks like driving. <laughs> you know, the, like yesterday I was at the coffee shop, and this is a moment that I was proud of myself speaking of being able to try to look at things or at least look at yourself in the right moment. I was at this coffee shop, and it was a coffee shop that I haven't been to in, in a long time just because – you know, it's I the one I go to is usually outdoors, but now it's shitty weather. So I went to this place and there was this guy behind me in line. I could tell he wanted some sort of confrontation with somebody. He was just antsy and jittery and, and he started to say things about me like, you know, you don't know what you want, you know, that type of stuff. And it, when I normally would have turned around and said, hey, fuck off, fuck stick, you know, something like that. I I. I said, oh, this guy's trying to get to me. I, I have a choice here whether to be Mr. Alpha Male and bow up and make a big scene or just stay in my own lane, 
let this guy yell, let this guy be a jerk, let me go through my own thing and have zero confrontation whatsoever. And late, and after I did that, I was so proud of myself, and I felt like that was more of an alpha male move than getting into a fight with the guy. I felt like just letting it go and being the bigger dude was like such a big fuck you. Maybe I'm just trying to make myself feel better for being a pussy, but <laughs> I felt that it was, I felt like I, I actually matured a little bit yesterday. I, I kind of have two things. It's kind of like uh, when Guy Ritchie in the Sherlock Holmes movie, he does the whole thing in his head, how he's going to punch the guy and blah, blah, blah. Like part of me wants to take that nice heavy creamer thing and bludgeon the guy to death. And then, <laughs> you know, the other part of me is he's, he's a miserable fuck and let him live in his fucking shithole. Uh-huh. I got a great story exactly like that. You remember Vic Dunlop, right? I, I, you know what? Vic Dunlop was the guy that I, I was doing comedy on, on Sherry's and my first date. And Vic was the headliner. And, uh, and it was, I, I always remember Vic. I, I love Vic. He was great. Yeah. He's, he was like one of my first headliners. And I used to watch him on make me laugh. And he kind of, he kind of, you know, it, it, just watching him and, Kip Adada and uh, Bruce, Bruce Baum, Baum. Uh, and they, they, they kind of Gary pushed, Mule Deer. Yeah, pushed me <laughs> in the direction of doing this crazy shit. Yeah. So one, we're in at the Borgata in Atlantic City. And oh, there's a, been there. Star, there's a Starbucks in the Borgata. And uh, I'm very protective of Vic because Vic's like was like my dad, like my mentor. Right. Yeah. So uh, but you know how Vic is. He's a Southern California guy and he's. He's, uh, we're at the Starbucks and he's in line going, um, yeah, so what's isn't that vanilla macchiata thing? Right. <laughs> he had and questions. Behind, right. And I'm behind him waiting my turn. And then behind me, the same fucking douchebag that was behind you, uh-huh. uh, only New Jersey. You're going to order a what? What the fuck? Jesus fucking Christ. They only got so many hours in a day. You son of a bitch. Right? Something, part of me respects that guy, but go ahead. So I turn around and I go, fuck you, you piece of shit. And as I turn around, I start looking up and up. And uh-huh. up. And had to be, I don't know, seven foot fucking tall. Built like uh-huh. a brick shit house. Probably played for the fucking Giants. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I was too far in. I already dove in to the pool. <laughs> so I got to swim. And he goes, what did you say to me? I go, suck my fucking dick. And he goes, you know what? I'm going to buy you and your friend a cup of coffee. If you hurry the fuck up and get the fuck out of the way. So... <laughs> <laughs> so we all won oh that was cool that's fun that's fun see yeah i mean i this you know there's a time to stand up for yourself there's a time not but i love how you said i was already too far into where it's like you can't go oh i'm auditioning for a role of the asshole in a coffee shop i I, pardon me kind sir i I must have overreacted to lengthy bulkiness I had a couple couple times in my life I've done that, and they've been huge animals, and you know they yeah. just kind of respected the fact that I would stand up to him. Because- he went there. This yeah. guy went. Sometimes you do get that respect, especially back there in Jersey, where they got some sort of code, you know, about oh them. So, God. It, I, the first time I went to Jersey, I thought it was like 
okay, the, the, this is a fucking prank show. They uh, People can't be like this. They're oh, they're like that, aren't they? Yeah. Hilarious. So, so let's get back to this reinventing of yourself thing. I am in a position right now in my life, and I think you are too, where it's not like I'm looking for the next thing, uh, you know, because right now we do have careers. We have, we have jobs we could do and everything else, and we're good at them. And we've been doing them for a long time. But there's still something about me that wants to be prepared for a rainy day. I also want to be a part of this game. I want to be a part of the YouTube, you know, podcasting thing. I find it to be extremely fun. And if I could learn all the equipment, I think that I would just start spitting shit out and having a really good show for everybody. But, you know, doing this, I do have these fears like you do. Like, am I wasting my time should i be spending this time like you said laying on the grass and looking up at the clouds and enjoying that or what well i you know it's all about balance right but i i i like this format i've always liked this format i've always liked talk radio uh i could this is the new talk radio i i think i could grow old they don't have to see me we could just do this audio so they don't have to look at fucking rip van winkle but uh (laughs) you know it's it, it's it, it intrigues me and I, I i've really missed it because it was kind of the one thing that got me through the pandemic was when we were doing this so i really i really enjoy it i like where it goes i get to i i get to uh, think and explore myself so i think this is the thing for me you know i just don't know where where i'm going to end up doing it but i can do it from just about anywhere yeah, you can. You know, I have so many dumb d- ideas about this type of stuff. And you and I have called each other over the years and thrown ideas at each other. And it's so funny because I'll come up with an idea or you come up with an idea. And no matter what it is, we go, that's great. Let's do it. Right. <laughs> There's not a lot of thought that goes into what we want to do because we think, hell, we could bullshit and have a good time and no matter what. And And it's true. I mean, you and I, I, I was talking to, about you the other day to somebody. Um, I think it was Sherry a while ago. And I said, you know, Mike and I have had conversations on the phone that were never even a conversation. They were, they were never even like, hey, how you doing? What's up? How's your girlfriend? You know, are you going on vacation? How you feeling? None of that was discussed. It was just riffing and laughing and having a good time. And you hang up the phone and you go, well, that what was that all about? <laughs> right. right. I don't so, think we're. I don't. I don't think we. Uh, I think we're a lot alike in that we don't. Huh, how can I say this? I, I've had friends that have been married for twenty years, and then they get divorced, and I go, "Yeah, dude, she was always a bitch." I, I, I knew that from the start, and they go, "Why didn't you tell me?" I go, "Because it's not my place." Yeah, it's your, it's your journey, dude. Like I can't, you know. I, oh, exactly. I, and so when it comes to when it comes to like men's business, their actual life and their business, I don't delve too far into that because it's not my business and they're in their own struggle. And I don't want to say something that, you know, it's like you, you, that chick you went out with and then you broke up with and you go out with her again. And it's like the Troy Baxley, this comedian out of Denver, you said this great thing. Uh, Susie's a skanky bitch, and she writes it on the bathroom wall. And and about five guys on her go, yeah, she is. Yeah, she is. And he gets back together with her, and he's got to go, 
Well, she ain't that skanky. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this this happened all the time. It happened with Lex, uh, my, my morning radio partner. He was dating this girl who I don't think anybody liked. Uh, and it changed him. He was acting like a fool, we all thought. And he dumped her. And I said it to him. I finally just came out and said, good. She was such a bitch, dude. And then a couple of weeks later, he got right back with her. And I didn't know what to say. <laughs> no, you can't. That's, that but I finally sense. did. I, I just said, dude, why do you do that to me? How could you? I, I'm siding with you because you're my buddy. You know, what a bitch. Yeah, I get it. And all of a sudden, you're back with her. And now I got to backtrack. It sucks. I don't I get mean, it. Yeah, but the, I mean, love, love is... I'm being bringing back the R word too. I don't give a shit. Love is retarded. Yeah, it makes you retarded. You do things that you put up with shit you would never put up with. You, uh, you know, the other thing too is like I, I think the older I get too is like I instead of snapping, I just observe the fucking behavior. That's yeah. very zen of you. That's very. That do you, do you meditate? You know, I've tried to meditate. Because that's what that's what I get for meditation. I get a beat now. Maybe that's what helped me at the coffee shop. I, I Before I do something, I get a beat. Like, is this worth getting upset? I recognize it's something, and then I make a decision. I, I, I have that split second now where I, instead of just going off the handle, and I think that helps out a lot. I remember that time you, you, you got the meditation app, and you're like, yeah. oh, fuck, I got to meditate. So, um... <laughs> the alarm went off right? so i'm in i'm doing a gig on, on some ship out of texas and this lady's phone starts beeping and i'm like i go what is all that and she goes oh that's my goddamn bible thing i'm supposed to read the bible right now <laughs> you know same stress it's not really doing anything you know you should read the what you should do it when you feel it you know, yeah. but uh, I, I just thought it was very funny how candid she was about the way she felt. About that it. is hilarious. No, I do that. I do uh, meditate every when I get up every uh, like after work, I'll take a nap for a little bit. Then I'll get up and I'll do that, that little 10 minute meditation thing. It's fantastic. Um, I feel like I'm I'm starting to get it and understand it. I'll find myself throughout the day. Sometimes when things are a little stressful, just taking a moment and, and breathing. And uh, trying to figure out what that really is and then let it go. Letting things go has become one of my champion moves lately. You know, I'm able to let just shit roll off my back. I used to do this thing when I was younger because I used to bartend and then I used to do a little bouncing. I was never a big guy, but, you know, compared to like these animals that play football or whatever. But I was a bouncer at a bar. It was a salad bar. Hey. Hello. <laughs> um, but I would go, <laughs> I would say stuff like, oh, I'm going to beat your fucking ass, but not in this shirt. This is my good shirt. <laughs> just wait here for about 20 minutes. Like there was just so many ways to disarm people. I remember uh-huh. a guy comes, I fucked you. Like it was uh, in Orange County and it, it was hot in summertime. He, and he had a big, tr- of course, he had a big truck. And he said, I fucked your mother, you son of a bitch. And I'm like, well, thanks. I'm sure she had a good time. And uh, <laughs> she needed it. And he was like, what? Like, it's just it's so disarming. You know? like, yeah, that yeah. works. That works. So in case we ever re- end up reinventing ourselves, I wrote down some of the podcast ideas you and I have thrown each other over the past. 
All right. This should Let's be see if you remember this. Let's see if you remember this beauty, Mike. Okay. The Irish Shillelagh podcast. <laughs> where we were going to do nothing but talk about shillelaghs. <laughs> yeah, and they were, they were all going to be dick jokes. <laughs> Instead of saying my cock, you say shillelagh. It's even, it's even funnier. Yeah. It's a plain way to do a dick joke. And the worst thing is, is that both of us really believed there was something there with that. There's always something there. Uh-huh. I don't know what it is. It sounds good. But see, the funny part about it is, is we're not smoking weed. So no. if, if if it sucks, it's really our fault. Uh-huh. <laughs> I remember like one time I was talking to Robin Williams and I go, you know, the thing about when you quit drinking and doing drugs, you, you, you have no excuse. Like you can't say, well, I was fucking drunk, so I'm an asshole. You're just an asshole. Yeah. Boy, did you, did you get to spend much time with him? Uh, you know, I, I, have, I had a couple of really good conversations with him because, you know, he, he would go over and do the shows in, in the war zones and uh, we had the same demons. And I really admired his I admired his movie work more than his stand up, I guess. Uh, but uh, I, I have this fixation on uh, Fisher King. I think it's a great movie and I think it's 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 right up there with like uh, dead Shaw. poets. Yeah, and, well, Dead Poets is a good, and I also like Goodwill Hunting. I, but I, I think, I think the messages are like right up there with Shawshank and Groundhog Day, and you know what? Uh, I mean, this horrible thing happens to a person, and do you let it define you the rest of your life, or do you somehow move on? And you know, obviously, it's such a horrific thing that happened in the movie. I, but. I had one moment with Robin Williams that was absolutely magical. And I was doing comedy at Cobb's Comedy Club. Nice. Where, you know where that is, in San Francisco. Uh-huh. And the headliner says to me, hey, if I wave you off, if I'm waving from the back of the room when you bring me up, you'll know who, the, who that guy is. Bring him up instead. And I'm going, well, I don't know what you're talking about. He was being very vague about it, you know. And all of a sudden, I see the waving back of the room, and I go, oh, shit, that's Robin Williams. So I bring him up on stage. He kills. And, of course, I'm sitting around afterward for my chance to hopefully meet him, you know, and talk to him. And right after the, the show, the headliner says, let's go to back, back to my hotel room and just kind of chill for a little bit. And it was me, him, and Robin Williams. And we ran into the hotel room, and Robin's jumping up and down on the bed acting like a fool being Robin Williams. And then we started talking about acting just like you were talking about. And I, uh, and, and I asked him some question. I don't know what it was. And he sat right next to me on the end of the bed and he started to tear up and he was just talking about passion and, 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 and all this stuff. And I had never seen passion come out of a guy so hard and right now, it's still giving me goosebumps thinking about it. It was such an amazing night. Uh, that's what I found with him. Uh, people were always asking me, how do you have these conversations with him? And he's not bouncing on the bed, I guess, to sort of say. Yeah. I, go, I just ask him how he is as a dude. How's yeah. Your sobri- how's your sobriety going? How's... How are the demons? How are, you know, what's going on? Yeah, you speak that language. That's cool. And he would be, 
you know, very forthcoming about, and I, I, I told him every improv line he's ever done in a movie. And he's like, fuck, you nailed it there. You know, I, that was an improv line. And I go, yeah, I could just tell nobody would ever write. That. <laughs> That's cool, man. Well, yeah, I mean, I wish we had some, who do, who do you look up to now? Who do you find inspiration from that? Somebody that, you know, we may know of, you know, besides a family member or of course me, uh, who, <laughs> who do you, who, looking up your skirt earlier today um you know because he was one for me he was one of those guys at any time he had to talk jim carrey's a guy that i find extremely interesting but also batshit crazy a little <coughs> excuse me i think his i think his uh value system has changed so much that most people can't understand it like i i i I was very taken with uh, some of the things that uh, Jimmy Carter said right before he died, uh, be- before his he's, wife died. Is yeah. He, he's not dead yet. Um, I remember but, he said, Jimmy Carter said. <laughs> no, but I, 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 think, I think his work is pretty amazing. Uh, a, a lot of people. That's a true humanitarian right there. Right. And uh, I, I think he would be interesting to talk to. I don't know. My, my, I, I find myself more and more fascinated with people that aren't famous. Uh, I, I just, I, 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 I'm amazed that people do what they do to get through. Yeah, and, true. And I, I, I find that, um, I find that famous people are in a in a weird situation. Even, even just at my level, sometimes I go, "Don't tell anybody I'm a comedian." I don't. I don't want that. I don't want that expectation or that conversation. Hey, be funny. Yeah, I just want to be a guy, and I don't want them trying to out funny me or, you know, people. The thing about it is, is that people that aren't comedians say a lot of inappropriate shit trying to be funny, but it's very hurt. It's very hurtful, actually. Yeah. They say, well, well, you make fun of everyone. I go, yeah, but it's a different situation. I'm on a mic, and I'm I, I have a line that I don't cross, and you don't know where that line is, and you've already yeah. crossed it. But even in person, when a group of friends, you know, anybody that's had a little stage time or has any sense of humor to them, knows how to read a situation and knows how to get that joke in that is inappropriate. But everybody laughs, and I've had people say that at parties. How come nobody's mad at you for that? I said, that's ah, you know, they know I wasn't, they know I was kidding, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's like dogs, right? I mean, they know, they know a good guy when they see him. They, they know that my, my viciousness is not. Uh, it's a, it's a thing. It's an act. Yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. Like, why well, I got in the same? I got in this thing with. Uh, this woman the other day and i was like you know i'm not i'm on your side i just don't agree with all the whining yeah you know what i'm saying like i think it's been, <laughs> i think you spend less time whining and more time uniting and you know because <clears throat> this is going to really sound bad but i don't think women could get together to agree what's on a pizza <laughs> right because <laughs> There's so many agendas going on. Like if I order pepperoni, she's going to think I don't care about my body. And if I don't get all veggies and, you know, this. And 
I get black olives, they're going to say, you know, so, you know, guys know exactly what they want and they order it and they get it. And I think that's the difference between us. See, I have a complete opposite view. I think that it should be all women running the world right now because right now it's it's such a pissing contest right now. And it's like, I, I would, I would just like, I just want anything to tone it down a bit. Well, it's the same thing if you're out surfing. I mean, I haven't surfed in a while, but if there was a woman out surfing, it yeah. it, it took all the uh, piss and vinegar out of the situation because uh, men were not being macho. They were being charming. Yeah, they, they, they thought they had a shot at it. Right, of course. Every man thinks so you're that. saying there's a chance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I get it. Dude, well, thank you so much today, dude. It's It's... I'm hoping that this audio works out. We could figure out to get the whole mic thing. Cause right now you're still through the speaker, but I, I'm, I can't wait to see what this sounds like when we download it. And I want to do much more of this with you, if you don't mind, cause I, I, I find you, a, you, you're a great source for me to go to, man. I, I would love to always, I'm always available and I'm going to start studying this thing so that we can show some videos and. Uh, yeah, it'll be fun. There's a lot of, you know, We'll figure this out. We don't need no anybody else. We got this. All right. We're gonna, we're gonna well, dude, hey, real quick, how can people find you and follow you? MikePaceComedy at gmail.com. <laughs> That's an email. Dude, don't you, have a, don't you have a Facebook or a YouTube page? I, or, or, or... <laughs> I got all that stuff, but I don't know how it works. And okay, so remind I... me not to go into business with you. No, here's the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm upping my game, so... Uh, are you the, yeah the thing that you made for me and the, i got that uh caricature made of me yeah and, and i'm spending time i spent all night last night learning how to get to this point with this and then i'm going to lock myself in the room for a couple of weeks and learn how to edit oh and, that's yeah it's easy I, i've enjoyed that part and then i'm going to start bombarding with with my stuff and um we can play it and talk about it and, yeah for uh, sure you know the same with for you. sure well thank you man i really appreciate you more than you know i'm a fan and you know and uh and i look forward to having you on again and anybody else who's listening have a great rest of the week enjoy your weekend don't do anything stupid and we'll be back monday to talk about it if you did thanks guys we'll talk to you later stay warm stay dry <laughs>